laurels for spring. Groundbreaking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Voltaire, hair. I would personally like to learn about Voltaire. Okay, Christine. Ladybird. Is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quote? Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Okay. Take it away, Ladybird. You want to know how I got these scars? I. I quit. I quit. <laughs> Everybody wants to party with Aretha because I'm sexy and chubby, man. I have such doubts. <laughs> All right, movie time episode 40 with Anjanari. We've got a special another collab this week with uh our friends at applied anime our first anime review uh, of paprika uh so that'll be later in the episode but first as usual we're gonna get into what we've watched this week ariana um i finally finished hannibal which it was three seasons and i stormed through it i have to say the final episode is really good um Okay, the, you know the guy who plays uh, the lead dwarf in The Hobbit? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the king? Yeah. Okay, uh, he's the yeah. worst character, but he pops up in everything, and he was one of the serial killers in Hannibal. It took me forever to figure that out. Mm. Um, it was definitely a lot to watch. I'm glad it's over because it was a lot of gore in a short period of time. Uh, but I have to say I'm a Mads Mikkelsen uh, stan now. Mads Milkinson. <laughs> Mads Milkinson stan. Mads Milk me. Okay. um i finished uh no i've been watching servant which is that apple tv show i gotta say rupert grint he's standing out his performance is amazing shout out weasley he's he's really good uh continuing on with search party i was a little bit concerned after the first three episodes um but the last three were really good and cole escola who plays the the crazy best friend in that show is so fucking funny so i would highly recommend um I finished Schitt's Creek. I finally watched uh, this, the last season. Uh, I mean, the last season is definitely the worst out of all the seasons, but still a pretty good season. And like they ended it, I thought they ended it pretty well. Uh, so that was good. I watched, uh, I rewatched The Replacements, uh, the movie with Keanu Reeves, where they pl- replaced the uh, starting football team with the scabs. It's a comedy. Uh, I, I mean, it was on TV and my roommate Jake hadn't seen it, which I was shocked. So it was enjoyable to watch that with him for the first time. And then I watched WandaVision. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the first episode a couple of days ago and then I watched two and three, episode two and three last night. Uh, it's weird. It's it's hard to say. Like, I don't know if I'm really going to like it like it. It's definitely like, you know, it's an homage to older television. Like the first episode was like 50s TV. And now this episode is kind of like late 60s TV. Or the third episode was, was late 60s TV. The third episode is where like if you're a Marvel fan, you're like, okay, now I'm hooked. Because there's like something, there's like something that's moving it along, driving it along. Um, I mean, I would recommend checking it out. I, you know, it's not going to be for everybody. Um, like when they're trying to do like old sitcom, I don't find it that funny. Uh, and I don't know if it's like not supposed to, I don't know. It's it just, could be, that could be like a campy kind of thing. Yeah, it might be. I mean, I like, I love Elizabeth Olsen uh, and Paul Bettany, so it's fun to watch them. And I think they have good chemistry. 
but yeah, I mean, I'm going to continue watch it. I'm going to watch the whole season and hopefully by the end, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for the next season, but um, definitely, definitely interesting. Uh, so that's all I've been watching. So let's get into the movie news. Darren Aronofsky and Brendan Fraser uh, team up on The Whale for A24. This is via Variety. Darren Aronofsky will direct Brendan Fraser uh, in The Whale, an adaptation of Samuel D. Hunter's play about a morbidly obese recluse. It's the story of a 600-pound middle-aged man named Charlie and his attempts to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter. The two became... Uh, estranged after Charlie abandoned his family for his gay lover who later died. Charlie then turned to compulsive eating out of grief. Uh, That's a heavy fucking plot. Uh, Also, is Brendan Fraser playing the 600-pound man? I think he's going to... I don't know if he's putting on a fat suit, if he's gaining weight. I saw this and I... He's clearly not gaining that much weight. Well, I am pretty pissed about this. Um, I tried to look up the play itself. I couldn't find much about the writer, but I can tell by his pictures that he's certainly not fat in any regards. So... I have a big issue. I don't think that these stories. There's going to be some fat talk on this episode when we get to that. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of fat well. talk, fat representation fat talk. talk. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I don't think that you can never do a story like this. I'm not saying that, but I think it's really not their place to be doing this. I don't like using obesity as like a plot device that it's, it's always like a thing of pity or devastation. And it just really, it's really bothering me. I just feel like this is not going to be. I'm probably going to watch it, but I just am like, can we not have Darren Aronofsky? Can't you do something else? Why do you have to do this? Uh, I mean, the only thing I'm, I'm happy about Brandon Frazier getting back in the mix. That's about it. I mean, he, I think, okay, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that he like might've gotten uh, like sexually assaulted uh, when he was younger in his career um, in Hollywood. And that's kind of what drove him away from the spotlight. By a um, man or a woman? By a man, I believe. Okay. Um, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. Um, and and it, it's kind of sad. You know, it's obviously sad. Uh, but you know, it's good to see him back in the mix. This movie's gonna be good. I don't know. Um, but I can't. I mean, if they're only referencing one, like two characters, and one of them's a, a you know a woman, and, and the other's a male, I figure he has to be playing the morbidly obese guy. Like the thing, like this is this, this is just hate porn for people who already hate fat people well the thing is like you can't okay there's there's wearing a fat suit and then there's like you can't wear a, a fat, <laughs> you can't wear a fat suit for being that heavy you, I don't know. you could be you could be 400 pounds and you'd still have to wear a fat suit to be 600 so like how does like a normal 200 like 30 pound man <laughs> like what is that is it cgi I don't know, but the the fact that it's called the whale too. The writer probably was like, "I'm so fucking clever. I, this is about a fat man." I thought that. I thought that. Like when I read the title, it was gonna be like a Moby Dick adaptation or something. I don't know, but like, yeah, that's brutal. I usually like Darren Aronofsky, but I gotta what say, else has he done? Mother, Black Swan, I, oh, I believe. Oh yeah, Black Swan, mm, Mother. Interesting. Uh, Peaky Blinders is going to end after a sixth season. They're also making. They're going to be making a movie after it's mm-hmm. over i believe i only i got up to like season three and i got bored um not seriously bored but like it's just like eh, i'm not really it kind of felt like the same shit over and over again but people really like fucking peaky blinders so i don't know i mean i think probably i would assume six seasons is probably a good time to end i don't know you never yeah, watched it so. i'm gonna 
I'm probably gonna watch it eventually, but Allie is forcing me to watch Sex Education, which I'm not. Oh. I'm not taking issue with, but Why I have to watch up? that soon. Oh, oh, because I'm thinking yes. about what I want to watch next. I think Love. I'm gonna do Bridgerton, like a binge, oh. a Bridgerton binge, and then Sex, sex Education. Education is yeah. so good. I love sex Jillian Education. Anderson. I gotta say, yeah. in, in Hannibal, she was the one of the strongest characters in that. Yeah, so. She's a hot older woman. Yeah, she's got she's a lot of like, class. She's kind of like an Emma Thompson class, though. She kind of reminds me of Emma Thompson sometimes. But uh, she's, she's great in sex education. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Peaky Blinder. I love. I like uh, Killian Murphy. So mm-hmm. he's cool. Uh, Is it Killian? Then, I'm pretty sure it's Killian. It's not okay. silly, and it's Killian. <laughs> silly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cillian Murphy. Um, yeah, Pika Byers ending. Uh, Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck break up, uh, and then there was that viral video uh, photos of Affleck throwing out a, like a, a human sized cardboard cut out of her. I mean, uh, Anna de Armas is like my top one hundred percent best looking woman of Hollywood, except for Jennifer Connelly in her prime in like the in two thousand one. Uh, but Anna de Armas is gorgeous. It was always a weird couple. I'm like, why are they dating? But uh, yeah, is it per, was it a press? They no, were really they were in the press junket. They were together for a year. Yeah, but they always had so many photos. And then there was that Twitter that was Anna de Armas Twitter that they would always track them in the, cu- in the oh, couple pictures. It's <laughs> weird. And then throwing out the cardboard cutout, you know, that's going to get pop- paparazzi. I don't know. I don't know. I can't see Ben Affleck doing that. I'm glad he, he's a sad sap. So. I kind of feel bad. I'm starting to feel Sad bad for Ben Affleck. Yes. <laughs> He's always like depressed. The the photo of him dropping the Dunkin' Donuts. Like, oh, coffee. that's pretty great. I always do on Twitter. I always crop the picture where he's smoking yeah, that just... cigarette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just always looks defeated. Yeah. Um, Timothee Chalamet and Tom Holland are reportedly in the running to play Willy Wonka in a Chocolate Factory prequel. This is via BuzzFeed. Uh, according to reports, there are some already some movie industry heavyweights attached to the movie with Harry Potter producer David Heyman and Paddington, direct, Paddington director <laughs> Paul King out both on board. And that's not the only Chocolate Factory content to look forward to. Taika Waititi is collaborating with uh, Netflix to helm not one, but two animated works based on the books of Roald Dahl. Um <laughs> Uh, I can't see Tom Holland being uh, the only reason I could see Tom Holland being a, uh, a young Willy Wonka is because he's got some musical experience some musical stage experience. So like I could see him like incorporating his dance experience and stuff like that into it. But Timothee looks more like a Willy Wonka to me. So like a creepy emaciated Willy Wonka. <laughs> Uh, so I could see him being that, but I, I, this is weird. I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to watch it, but uh, but it's weird. Okay, so I'm assuming this movie is going to be geared towards children, right? Yeah, I don't know. Timothee is not in the children. That's movie. what I'm saying. I think if it was going to be a, re- a not a drama, but something where it would be like an experimental kind of weird film, I could see him doing that. But I don't want him to be. It's no, there's no way it's going to be a kid's No, because kids don't give a shit about Willy Wonka. But why, if it's working with Harry Potter, yeah, David Heyman, true. and Paddington director, that's <laughs> yeah, kids. that's true. Paddington. <laughs> now, I also have to say, Roald Dahl is a fucked up guy. If you, you got to re- people out there, if you like reading, you have to find some of his short stories. There's one about, I don't know if it's called The Pig, it's something about a pig, but he's fucked up. And I want people to start doing adaptations of is his he, like. Is he James the Giant Peach, too? I believe so, yeah. He's kind of a, he's kind of an icon. Look, and also, Willy Wonka is a friend. 
frightening movie. What, the original? The that original? movie's yeah. Uh I mean I yeah. I love um I love the songs. I mean Gene Wilder's great in it, so Mm-mm. yeah. I don't think I could watch that again. Really no, it's creepy. Me. But get but... Timothy out of there. I'll t- Tom Holland can do whatever he wants. I don't give a fuck. But Timothy, get him out of there. <sighs> whatever. Um <laughs> you not hear Wait, me? You don't what? Hello. What? I was saying, can you not? Was there a lag or something? Because you were not responding. Yeah, well, yeah, there was a lag. I was trying. It wasn't that heavy, so okay. I decided not to acknowledge it. So now I'm gonna cut <laughs> this out. Okay. Uh, the first lady, Michelle Pfeiffer, joins Viola Davis in a new Showtime series via ComingSoon.net. The series will peel back the curtain on the personal and political lives of America's most iconic first ladies. The first season will be focusing on Eleanor Roosevelt, Betty Ford, and Michelle Obama, who is set to be portrayed by Academy Award winner Viola Davis. This is my first time hearing this. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of interested in a little Eleanor Roosevelt action. Uh, The rest of them, not really. I mean, Michelle Obama, I lived during Michelle Obama's time. So, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I know about her, (laughs) you know. I am not an Obama stan. I don't want to see Obama. I don't. Viola Davis is an incredible actress. I, and I'm, I'm going to, it's got to be weird to portray someone who's still alive, who ostensibly they've probably met before, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. definitely. Yeah, but I mean, that's weird. I don't sure care about. Before, but. but I just want more for Viola Davis. I don't want her to be Michelle Obama. I just don't fucking care about the Obamas, I got to say. I'm, we're an Obama's podcast, so you're gonna have to shush up. I'm an Obama stand. War crimes. You see how? F- <laughs> yeah, every president has committed war crimes. So, I mean, have you seen? You see? All right, I'm just saying. I just don't care. Like, I don't care about the celebritization of presidents, frankly. So. Whatever. Um, this 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 is breaking news as of Saturday morning when we're recording this. Larry King's dead. So, 87 years old. R.I.P. Obviously, obviously an icon. I think he might be creepy though. I'll have to look into that. But um, he, uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's got. He's pretty much, pretty much like the dude in terms of like interviews and and getting the exclusives. So you know, a loss to the to the community. Uh, We had a a multiple uh, movie delays announced again. Um, Quiet Place Two now delayed to September seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Mobius featuring Jared Leto. Uh, January of 2022, The King's Man with a little Rafe of Fines. That's uh, delayed until August of this year. Uncharted 2 featuring, um, or sorry, Uncharted featuring Tom Holland, uh, delayed till February 2022. And then No Time to Die, the James Bond movie that I'm pretty sure was supposed to come out in like November 2020 is now delayed till October 2021. Um, I want to yeah. see The King's Man. And I don't really care about Uncharted. Don't care about Quiet Place 2. No Time to Die. I haven't seen any other James Bond movies. But Mobius, uh, I'm interested to see if that's a train wreck. So I might want to watch that. I'm waiting for a Quiet Place 2. That's bothering me that it just keeps getting pushed back. Oh, what's uh, his face is in that? Killian Murphy's in that. Oh, yeah. He's... <laughs> He Red looks eye. weird. Red eye. You will never forget his performance yeah, in Red watch, Eye. Watch Red Eye. Rachel McAdams and um, and Killian Murphy. A great. That's like the like, first movie I think I saw him in was was Red Eye. Yeah. So watch that's that a movie. Great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like a thriller kind of. I mean, not really a horror. It's 
like a thriller. It's a thriller kind, kind of a scary yeah, thriller. movie. Uh, the Game of Thrones prequel series, Tales of Dunk and the Egg, in development. Um, <laughs> the one-hour series is based on a series of Martin's novellas, which are set 90 years before the events of Game of Thrones and center on a six-foot-eleven squire named Duncan, who is knighted by his dying master and becomes a hedge knight, a wandering knight without a master. Early in his adventures, Sir Duncan meets up with a scrappy young bald boy named Egg, who wants to serve as Duncan's squire and travel Westeros with him. Turns out that Egg is actually Aegon Targaryen, a prince and eventual king of Westeros, but the adventures in these stories take place long before either of them become significant figures in the kingdom. Uh, thoughts on a little GOT prequel? Yeah, I'm, I'll take that for sure. I want some fucking dragons, though. This is after the dragons still, right? Yeah. I mean, there's right. a lot of yeah. things I want. I kind of want, like, young Ned Stark days. Yeah. Yeah, young Ned Stark would be cool. That fat load Robert Baratheon hanging out with him. He's a slob. Um, yeah, I I thought it was going to be more focusing on, like, the time where the Starks and the Tar- uh, Targaryens were, like, getting together. That's what I thought. I think there might be another prequel series there is yeah. there another prequel series coming out too i think this is a different one because this yeah. one sounds more happy go lucky yeah yeah i don't know i mean i'll take a lot of game of thrones content so i don't really care the only I mean, 611 squire i need is brienne of tarth frankly <laughs> yeah that's what i thought i'm like it really important that she's that he's six foot eleven is he gonna have any ties to anybody or is he gonna be truly just like a rando there has to be some kind of twist wouldn't you think yeah, I feel like they're gonna have to like to to suck us viewers in uh, for the slop. They're gonna have to, uh, you know, like make another connection besides Aegon Targaryen, maybe. Yeah. And I feel like there's gonna be some hidden dragons going around, like kind of like how there's those hidden dragon eggs. Like, I feel like there's gonna be some sort of dra- unless the other one is more about dragons, so maybe not. But uh, I, I don't know. I just don't know what they're gonna do. Like, yeah. what was going on in Westeros at that time? You know? We'll see. Uh, this is kind of a follow-up to our uh, podcast last week. Josh Duhamel replaces Army Hammer in um, Shotgun Wedding <laughs> with J-Lo, the movie that he dropped out of. I mean, I just put it in there because... Josh of... Duhamel, talk about a nobody. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is a nobody. <laughs> I think people like Josh Duhamel. Isn't he? He's, he's good divorced... in that one Catherine Heigl movie. Oh, he's um, divorced from Fergie recently, I think. Oof. Um, listen, why is this movie still being made? <laughs> People like Jalo. There's a demand. Jalo is not a good actress. She's a woman of many towns, but she cannot act. Enough. I'll always reference enough. But, it's not a. She's not going to get an actress in that movie, but it's a good movie. Just like for all the trouble it's worth, why are we doing this movie when it's not going to be good in the first place? He eats raw flesh. Yeah, there's. Um, you. He's we like a golem when, he's eating, when they're like <laughs> when they're zooming in on Gollum eating the fish. It's kind of like Army. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, that'll conclude the movie news. We'll now put it over to our review of Paprika with Applied Anime. All right, we now welcome on Dodo and Fayon from the Applied Anime Podcast. Um, we are going to review Paprika today, uh, which is super exciting. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having, for having us. us. We have a a review of Paprika suggested by uh, by Applied Anime. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, what I guess I'll start off just by asking you a couple questions. Uh, what got you guys into anime? <laughs> Long story short, Sailor Moon. I guess. Mm-hmm. Ooh, classic. I know it's a good one. 
Um, so Sailor Moon started me off, and then after watching Sailor Moon, I fell in love with Inuyasha, and then after that, it was just it was over for me. I was in anime hell. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like ten years ago. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, for me, it was. I mean, I didn't start watching anime at all until I got into college, um, and then my co-host pretty much got me and a lot of our friends wrapped up in anime. And so I think the first one I watched was a show called No Game, No Life, which is basically a fantasy adventure show about two, like a brother-sister pair who go on an adventure and play games to become God. Mm. Um, And I got hooked on that. And from there it was, um, also pretty much over for me. <laughs> it sounds um, like your anime stands. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the storytelling is just like incredible. Like, even if you're not like a huge anime fan, like I'm not a huge anime fan, but the storytelling is just awesome. Uh, at least in paprika. Um, and I mean, what is it about anime that piqued your interest or continues to pique your interest? Mm, I think it's just the, vast variety of what you can watch honestly because you can get away with a lot with animation compared to like being able to do certain cinematic things in real life movies like cgi and everything like that has gotten a lot better just because dodo said that this one's a lot like inception and so like inception came a lot many years after paprika did i'm pretty sure and like i don't think we had the technology at the time like when paprika came out to make a movie like that with the animation we had but with animate sorry with like CGI or like movie effects. But back in the day, like obviously with anime, you can just draw it and you can get away with that sort of thing. Mm. And so there's kind of that perception of being able to kind of get away with a lot of technology things or like different mind changing things too. But also, I also really like Japanese culture and there's a lot of it in anime that you can kind of absorb over just watching a lot of different things. And that just keeps me there, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I I uh I I was just, I was going to say I mean that was one of my comments I'm like this is very reminiscent of Inception. Mm-hmm. Um so <laughs> that was yeah, yeah we can talk about that I have thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad cuz I've never seen it. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah, I mean one of my questions to you guys is going to be like okay, so anime is like your number 1, like what's your number 2 like in terms of other genres? Do you have other genres or are you just watching like solely anime most of the time? I've been I mean this like this past half half of a year or so I've been watching mostly anime in just preparation for a podcast, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of into the sort of psychological thriller genre, I guess. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I think we that, both are into that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're super happy to have you on. Um, I, I want to get into the paprika review, but I, I know you mentioned you had a couple questions for us as well. Uh, I mean, that'll probably come up as we're okay. discussing the movie. Itself, okay. But, okay. Um, I Sounds guess I, one, one question yeah. I do have right off mm-hmm. the bat is, um, what were you, okay, no, sorry, sorry. Oh, I'll get into that as we get. Into it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I don't, All right. I don't, I'm giving you like more work. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Okay. 
so uh, you know, I'll give you a little a little uh, synopsis here, or I guess a little description of a paprika. Uh, paprika is a 2006 Japanese science fiction psychological thriller anime uh, film, co-written and directed by Satoshi Kon, based on Yasutaka to Tui. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. I definitely am. But a 1993 novel of the same name about a research psychologist who uses a device that permits therapists to help patients by entering their dreams. Uh, definitely a a wild movie start to finish. Uh, do you guys want to take it away with uh, let's getting in right into the movie? Yeah. Um, so I can give a summary of this movie. I think it's this is a notoriously difficult one to summarize in the first place, simply because <laughs> yeah. it's uh, kind of up to interpretation what's actually happening throughout the entire thing. Um, but generally, this is a story about um, a group of scientists who develop this DC mini device, uh, which is a little device you put on your head, and it basically allows you to see people's dreams um, in real time and kind of like go into them in a way again, much like inception. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the, the inciting event is that a few of these DC minis get stolen from this company and they're not totally developed yet. And so, um, they basically find that, uh, people are like, quote, going crazy because of um, like being t overtaken by these dreams, basically. And so they're trying to go back into the dreams, figure out who is having these dreams so that they can go take back the stolen DC minis. Um, and what ends up happening is the, the dream world and the reality eventually like starts to coalesce and things get wild. Most concise, I think I can be about it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it is definitely one of those movies that's really hard to explain because I yeah. think you just like have to watch it. But like, uh, I started breaking it down like scene by scene, like watching it. And I'm like, this is impossible. Not only because like <laughs> I have to make sure I'm paying attention to the subtitles and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, this is really like the, the opening scene is a dream um like a circus scene i mean you you don't know it at the time but it's a circus scene um and you know this guy's walking around i thought he was an usher um i was like <laughs> he seems to be you know concerned about somebody he then gets put in a cage by a magician and is just like flying through like a series of illusions which kind of end up being like a compilation of movie scenes right like tarzan he's on a train car getting like choked out uh, and I, my only comment was just, I'm confused. Uh, and, then the <laughs> next, and then the next, obviously the next scene is like, okay, he wakes up. Then you're like, okay, I'm like, okay. Um, any, I mean, is there any, like, I guess this is kind of more of an anime, you know, someone who an anime expert, like, is there anything like stylistically about this movie that is intriguing as opposed to like other movies uh, you guys are watching or TV shows? Just one little comment about you thinking that he was an usher, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny to me that you thought that just because like in my head when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's a detective because that's just like their outfit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, police uniforms. I guess those are a thing when you see normal detectives yeah. in like American <laughs> shows. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. like I'm like, yeah, he has to be an usher. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> like I don't think I thought I don't even think I was able to like I wasn't even thinking. I'm, I was just like, what is this? Like I wasn't able <laughs> yeah. to be like, what is his occupation? Well, for, well <laughs> for me, like uh, my focus is trying to like put it concisely when I'm typing it. So I'm like, I don't know who the hell this guy is. So I'm like, right, I'm just gonna put he's an usher because that was like he's walking up and down the stairs yeah. and then he's like conversing with this creepy clown like who's walking mm -hmm. around too so that was kind of my first instinct i guess yeah so 
<laughs> it turns out he's definitely not. He's a cop detective uh, who's pretty central in this movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, back. Sorry, we, we got sorry. sidetracked, but no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so yeah, like in terms of stylistically, just like the opening of this movie, is it? Does anything stand out to you? Anything specific about like the circus scene? A lot um, of the animation seemed like it was from that um that movie, the Perfect Blue movie. Is this the same director? Same director. Right yeah, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> this is this is signature Satoshi Khan. Mm. Um, one thing I wanted to point out too is that this uh, animation style I think is and I, I hesitate to say this but it feels quote more American to me than a lot of other anime um, it's partially why I recommended it for this um, podcast um, and especially be, and not like the the our one of our protagonists this detective guy slash police guy is um, not a character you would ordinarily see in anime, but he mm. is a protagonist you would often see in yeah. American yeah. cinema. And so yeah. it's it's clear that Satoshi Khan is trying to center this in more of a Western movie context than you would normally see. Um, mm -hmm. Not yeah. just like yeah. with the references, but also with the, the way that, like literally the way the characters look, the way they dress, um, the way they act. I mean, and he becomes a caricature at the end of that even. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's trying to highlight that a little bit. So that's one thing that sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say one of my favorite things about the movie as a whole is that it's like so meta. It's like a meditation on cinema, which I just, it's just so fucking cool. Like I just love the tropes and like the references. Like there are certain things that I would have to watch it again and really like research it to see like what films, if any, are being referenced. I, I know there were, there were like a few, but I was just like, I don't know, this is just so cool. Like the way that it, like I was really intrigued by the de the detectives like arc, honestly. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was pretty um, pretty captivating. So yeah, uh, we do find out it's a dream, and then he's he's kind of like Paprika's like first patient i guess we would see that we see uh in this in this movie and and again she kind of gives us like leo dicaprio like head of the inception crew vibes like she's like the expert or whatever um and and like at first i thought that like when they're laying in bed together i'm like oh these guys are like together and i'm like why is he like 60 and she's like 21 uh but then obviously it becomes a little bit more evident that like he's just kind of obsessed with um with her uh than she is with him or whatever uh and so he's kind of like just he has like some some major neuroses that he's trying to get over right like anxiety kind of thing about this case that he's trying to figure out mm -hmm. am i correct there i okay. think so mm. yeah um, <laughs> i was just gonna say i just really liked i don't know i just loved that he was yeah it was interesting like the aspect of therapy like to this mm -hmm. very yeah. freudian um but yeah i was under the impression in the beginning i'm like oh they're a married couple um, yeah, that's what I thought because I thought they were like wearing. It looked like they were like wearing robes in bed. I'm like, this well, is, she kind of like transforms yeah. rapidly, okay. yeah, based yeah. on like the environment. I would say because she's um, like not real, but so well, kind of real. That's well, what we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, so then, like, we got the opening credits, like the intro, right? Uh, this was awesome. This was like probably my one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Uh, yeah. Was just like the intro credits, mm -hmm. uh, her kind of appearing in all the scenes and. She's like very much a caretaker, I would mm -hmm. describe her as. Um, and then I was just, yeah, I was just like, is she real? Like, I don't really got to like, is she real? Is she not? And then it becomes more evident um, as the movie. But is this like a common way? Uh, is this more of a directorial 
uh, stylistic choice or is this like a common like the intro credits in the in the movie and how sh- it's played into it? And the music was really good, too. The music was good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's it is an anime thing to have intro like an intro song in a movie or an intro in like general with anime. Mm-hmm. And so they really kind of showcase that because like you don't really see that. The only thing I can remember is like watching 101 Dalmatians was the last time I saw that kind of <laughs> happen. But the animation itself, I think, is very, I don't know, it feels very like anime movie-ish to me, but it's not very anime in general to me. Like in movies, they like to do kind of like a cool sequence like this a lot where they kind mm. of do a prequel of maybe what you might see. I don't know like how many references there might have been in the intro because I've, you know, it didn't go back and rewatch it, but um, and it was only my first time watching it. But I think it is kind of normal to have a fun sequence like that where you're kind of more intrigued about the character, like maybe watch listening to the music that's really good and then wanting to get more into the show. Yeah. And it, it also is the interesting thing about this intro is that it actually fits like I know it sounds silly, but like it fits what's going on. Like you could have an intro in anime where it's it has like abstract stuff going on, but you know that it's still grounded in reality. And mm-hmm. what you're seeing is like, oh, this is just like cinematic. It's not actually happening. But in this case, it still has that abstract stuff going on where like she goes. The one that always sticks out to me is like she like morphs into the guy's T-shirt while he's like skating yeah. around or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like that is probably actually actually happening because yeah. she's able to do that. And she's like a dream pixie girl or whatever yeah Um, yeah i was gonna say after that little intro scene i was like she's my queen like she's probably one of the most immediately likable protagonists i've ever seen like i was like oh i want i want to know everything about this woman i'm like who is she like Mm -hmm. yeah um so then we go to the psychiatric research center is what i what i described it as the like at the time so somebody we find out that somebody steals the dc mini uh and that the person who who stole these dc minis can like intrude in people's minds with it you know with the dreams um so this is where we're introduced to the guy who invented the dc mini what is his name again to toshiti dr to- to- uh, tokita tokita um ariana i don't know if you want to get into this now but this man is comically fat um and there is some focus on on his on his weight throughout this movie a lot of focus i i had a complicated relationship to this because when i first saw him i immediately hated i was like oh this is not what i want like i was like i don't want like this this joke fat representation but i will say it does like there are certain tropes that i just don't like throughout the movie like obviously they're constantly like making fun of him for eating i mean ruthless ruthless but you, it is subverted at the end and, and his yeah. ability to consume is the thing that ultimately kind of inspires like the save <laughs> the saving of the world so i mean yeah i like i said we could kind of talk about that more towards the end yeah, but i did some, there's some lines like, that yeah there's some lines i want to <laughs> i was like man later. this is brutal yeah. he, was, they, he like not only were they savage on him but like he just kept feet literally feeding into it like no pun intended throughout yeah. the entire movie always sweaty too yeah, what did you guys think about that? I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I and I, I, yeah, I get that it's the like the thematic part of it too. If he, mm-hmm. he's always eating, but like, I had one scene where it stuck out to me as like particularly gratuitous is when they're at like the diner and she just mm-hmm. keeps feeding him food. Yeah. Um, 
and that's like like when it's there and like yeah it's again it's part of his character it's part of the plot but like that's a part where it's like clear that they're also playing it up for comic effect Mm -hmm. and that's when it feels like come on yeah (laughs) but (laughs) Um, he's also the most white looking and like i don't think i've ever seen a character ever really designed like him before either so i wondered if he was just supposed to be kind of this like almost american representation but like Mm. at the same time he has such a japanese name i mean like you could always name yourself something japanese too right i don't know it seemed like i wasn't really sure of his origin story yeah yeah that's interesting yeah that's interesting to say i wonder if it is kind of like a a representation representation yeah that's that's an interesting thing to think about i never thought of that but yeah yeah. i'm not opposed to think yeah (laughs) that's definitely a good good insight uh so yeah, things are kind of going crazy. The medical chief uh, goes, starts going crazy. At this point, I was like almost getting mad. I'm like, what is this man talking about? I didn't realize what was happening. I'm like, yeah. I have no, and I'm trying to like write it down. I'm like, I have no idea what this guy's doing. So I think like they get into his dream and they make him jump out the window and somehow he doesn't die. Uh, and then he's kind of like in a coma. And uh, then is this when we're first introduced to these creepy, that creepy ass doll, like little girl with the, yes, yeah, man, really creepy, really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what was like is there like some sort of symbolism there or is it just like a character like what I don't know what well, they're trying to accomplish with that yeah I don't know specifically about about the doll but I know that he was in, the director was trying to use a lot of uh imagery from like the Shinto religion mm. I'm not sure if that is related or not but um just I think part of the that whole like just using these different like he uses like the toy robot and all that shit too, but like mm. just like kind of piling shit together and then personifying a lot of it. Mm. Um, so I'm not, I don't know basically. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah there was but. one thing I was kind of, I mean, it was a really slight thing is that Himuro, is that his name? I, yeah. He, he was gay, right? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, they they flashed. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. They flashed the BL for a second. Yes. So they flashed his. Um. He had like a porn collection in his house. Oh. They also mentioned at the end that he. So Osanai got access to the DC Mini because he sold his body to him. Who's Osanai? I don't know if he. The he's like the chairman's oh, henchman, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. He's really attractive. Oh so yeah, yeah. The, the fact he's... that he was popping up in the doll costume kind of made me think like a little bit like. A little drag, not draggy necessarily, but there was something there that seemed like it was relating to. Oh, the fact I didn't that even catch queer. that. Mm. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Damn. Yeah, I was not paying enough attention. I guess that uh, could be off base. <laughs> but I thought I thought Osana was hmm. into um, the paprika's like really pers- the persona. What's uh, at Chan? Was at Chan like her nickname, or was I- it? <laughs> yeah. So at Chan, um, just but. Like they use a lot of nicknames in Japan to kind of show closeness. So like him calling her Achan was like a way of showing like, oh, we're close, but also um it's kind of like a the Chan part is kind of a cute and endearing mm. name. So it was kind of like, oh, you're like Achan is just like a nickname, I guess. Yeah, gotcha. But she doesn't really particularly like it because I think she's kind of more of a stoic character. Yeah. Mm. And she doesn't really feel that. But although Osana was like obsessed with Achan or Atsuko. Um, I think that he would he seemed pretty willing to do anything mm-hmm. anyway to get to her. So like right. sleeping with Himuro, like easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, that was a really small thing. Like you honestly could have missed it. I, but I, yeah, I, I was I like, missed it. I was picking up on like the gay cues from when I saw the porn mag. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Right? So Himuro is like the, like they think he's the villain for a decent part of this movie for the most part. Um, he worked with um, the doctor uh, on the inventor of the DC mini. So they're like, Oh, he, you know, he was jealous. He, he started he stole a dc minis and he's creating all uh this havoc uh also kind of a weird thing like were there a lot of characters that were kind of like hiling hitler like what was up with the like arm outstretched thing anyone notice that there was like a bunch of characters who just she just was like hand outstretched and almost in like a heil hitler like when they were under the dream yeah yeah i mean that could just be like (laughs) i I don't know like they were under like a fascist regime of the dream Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess so true maybe um so there's a lot of like going into dreams and going out of dreams to like figure out who's who and who's who's um basically who's behind all this i think we um is this when we introduce paprika into into the mix in this i think i think she starts trying to um help out help the chief the chief get out of the dream trap uh too there's some some more um i think is his name konakoa konakawa is that the uh detective's name yeah 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 yeah, he's kind of intermingled here. He's still trying to figure out uh, who, you know, what's going on with his dreams. Uh, he also hates movies because is it because his friend was like a film? He, he like betrayed his friend, right? Well, it's that's the repressed thing he can't acknowledge until the end of the movie. So gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're still trying to figure out who he killed. Uh, what what the meaning of the dream is uh, investigating this uh, homicide and then I think like the whole world's going crazy right? like all these doctors are getting sucked in the dreams uh, they're all going crazy they're all like almost killing themselves and injuring themselves uh, so then they go to this theme park and this was pretty dark uh, they go to the theme park and then Himuro's dead body just falls through the the glass and that was pretty creepy Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, I think it's really cool when they show like Paprika trailing like Dr. Chiba kind of like being like don't do that like her kind of like her mm-hmm. unconscious voice or like, I don't know I just thought that was interesting when she was mm-hmm. like popping up and, and I kind of like put it together before they officially like merged them, but I, I just really liked that oh, it's like that her pop- intuitive voice yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like an alter ego right like Paprika and Achan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume that Paprika is kind of the ego that she wants. She wishes that she could be because there's this so different. Mm-hmm. Maybe she wishes that's like, and I mean, we can talk about it later too, but it's kind of more her childish self too. Okay. Now, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I guess like I, <laughs> with this movie, like I didn't know what we're, like I knew we were living in the future kind of because like, at least in the beginning, like Paprika was riding this like floater bike thing, like this like hover bike. So I don't know, maybe that wasn't real, but I mean like, is she the only, is at Chen like the only person who has powers? Like, wh- you know what I mean? Like, or do other other people who have powers too? <laughs> Good question. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just thinking, cause like they have this advanced technology with the DC mini, which isn't like a superpower. It's like science. But I think like Paprika is like the only kind of mythical character, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's, I just was trying to, cause sometimes I was trying to like wrap my head around like, what's the landscape here? Like, what's the world where, we're living in kind of thing that's yeah. that was just a comment i made i don't know um and like what was with this like lobby thing that uh konakawa kept like going into with paprika was it was like she was saying that like internet and the dreams are the same 
kind of thing where it's he kind of just like entered and it was just, he would just hang out with paprika basically right kind of yeah yeah in a way i just yeah. took that as the like that he wasn't necessarily like he was still at his desk the whole time but i took it as like a, Almost like a directorial a decision room. to show like him imagining himself like actually talking with her like she was like basically like oh the internet is the unconscious it's just unrepressed like just information all together and like mm. he can go into that little chat room with like i love the little bartenders too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, cute. Yeah. yeah and uh yeah that's kind of where he goes to do his thinking and and uh yeah i think he because like they would kind of show him like sitting at his desk in between that so mm-hmm. like, it's his imagination like as he enters the chat room was what i took it as but also like i don't know like if with like the zoom era now that we have with covid like you can kind of feel like you're with people now like through the chat room too yeah. and i think it was really depicted when like it kind of went back and forth but eventually it just kind of had him stay longer and longer in this chat room too but um another side note is that that website actually does exist Ooh. i guess it's a <laughs> it's a voice actor radio something though and like they only have shows every so often but when you go onto the website because one of my friends was watching it with me um and he reads he can actually read japanese um it said something like or I don't know. He went onto the website because he could find it, and then the door was actually the same. Oh, that's pretty cool. Kind of, you couldn't click on it and enter, but like the door was the same. We're all like, "Oh God, this is kind of mm. creepy." Yeah, like, that we is want to do this. <laughs> yeah, it was shine. I got a few shining, uh, like the shining references, especially when he's running through the hotel and he keeps tripping on. Yeah, and, and the, yeah, the bartender is kind of shining esque a little bit. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Fun fact uh, about the bartenders mm-hmm. is that they are voiced by the director and mm. the original writer of the, I believe it was a novel. Of yeah, novel. I want to read the novel. Yeah. That's a side note. I was like, I got to read this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, that's an amazing story. Like, it's it's a, a, just a, like an amazing story um, altogether. Like, because you think it's like, it's before Inception, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, watching it now, you're like, oh, this is exactly like Inception. But this is like 20 years almost before Inception. No, so. not 20. It's 2006, right? No, the book was written in 1993. Oh, the book. Yeah, the book. Yeah. The so, yeah, 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 the movie, I mean, not too much, uh, too earlier, much earlier than Inception, but still uh, a really advanced um, plot and just like so much to explore. Uh, and then, like, in this movie where we keep getting like bothered by this Professor X looking motherfucker, what's his name? <laughs> um, um, I have him as the knew? chairman, but. Yeah. yeah, the chair. So he's the chair of the hospital, and he's like very much against the DC minis, right? Like throughout the entire, basically every single time they go in to talk to him, he just shits on them about the DC minis, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like we got him intermingled, and then what I also didn't get was like, how come the chief? How did the chief in uh, Konakawa like go to school at the same time? Right. right? <laughs> That's what I was the like. Real late. questions. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> I was that's no sense to me. Like the 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 chief looks like um a thousand years old and then Konakawa looks like 50. I'm like they're like, "Oh yeah, we graduated together." That made no sense. Uh, <laughs> so he started school late. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very late. He's one of those who was like 50 and 60 and like went to school. Um so then they're like uh I think so the the doctor who created the DC mini, I keep forgetting his name. Tokita. Tokita. He's like still like he's seeing that the DC minis are like destroying everything. He's like, you know, I got to keep creating them. And then Achan's like, you're an asshole and like slaps it out of his hand. And um, and he still continues on. 
Uh, and I think he tries to go into Himuro's dream and uh, he gets sucked in as well. And all these dreams are merging. And then we're like, all right, Etchen, like you got to like summon up Paprika and go into their dreams and try to save things. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, she says, yeah, yeah, she says a line like nothing can get through all of that fat. Uh, something about something about freakish freakish masturbation uh and he's like i said he's just very constantly sweaty this is where i really like was like all right man, this guy's like just he's there's a scene where he's like loaded in the back of the car and he's just like fanning himself off like he looks like he has a miserable existence in this movie uh for the most part but to he's a genius there i mean we are in japan though and japan's really humid and it looked oh, okay. like it was kind of summertime my one friend who went to japan with me is also kind of larger mm-hmm. and he he was really happy when, after we went to a concert and got like a sweat towel because he was mm. using it constantly. It just yeah. is so humid and hot. Oh, it would be me too. I'd be sweating <laughs> my ass off. I mean, I already sweat here. Like, yeah, I'd be sweating my ass off there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> so what else? Yeah, we got, we've got uh, the, the dreams are like, the dreams are getting crazier and crazier. Uh, the dreams, they're, they're merging. And then I guess, uh, yeah, I guess Tokita, Toshida, Toshida. Yeah. Tokita. Okay, I had it right the first time. Sorry, everybody was listening. Why don't you just write it down? I I always like, I always neglect writing characters' names down. Usually I just, I just rely on the actor's name to carry me through. So I obviously can't do that here. You can call him Furuya. Okay, yeah, that'll that'll be easier (laughs) for me to remember. So uh, he starts going crazy in the dreams too. Uh, And this is where I think we finally find out like for sure that Paprika and Achan are the same person. Uh, and they're like, kind of, she's like, okay, it's almost like she gets, she's like more accepting of the fact that like, cause she kind of throughout the movie, they're like, oh, we need to work with Paprika. And she's kind of like very hesitant, but at this point she's like, all right, desperate. I think Paprika takes one of her phrases, like desperate times call for desperate measures. So like, they have to like join forces at this point. Um, do you guys have any like comments on that specifically? I, I think there was like, I, I don't know if it's, I, okay, I'll say this. I, I don't know if it's like, I think we're supposed to feel a little bit more ambiguous about her relationship with Paprika because at the end, when they like have this split, like mm-hmm. I'm going to go save Takeda. Okay. You, you do that. I'm going to go do my own thing. It's kind of like, I feel like we're supposed to feel like, or at least I feel like they are, their relationship is, yeah, they, they might inhabit the same body kind of, mm-hmm. but then, like I, I guess their their relationship is so ambiguous to me that I kind of feel like they they're they are what they are and I'm not gonna try and <laughs> decipher whether they're alter egos or like one's like a childish man- manifestation right. of the other. It's just kind of like gotcha. What you see, you can't interpret it more than that. At least that, that's what I got. But no, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a uh, that's a good uh, a uh, a good point. Um, so. Think again, things are just getting crazier and crazier. The dreams start melding into the reality. Um, and there was a this is, I think this is when, uh, this is also Paprika's like diving into Himuro's dream. And then I think this is when we learn that the bald chairman, Professor X guy, is causing all the problems. Um, he's in the greenhouse that they're, I think they're going to, like, it almost seems like they're going to his house or somebody's house. And they're in a, they're in a greenhouse and he kind of just reveals himself as this, uh, as a psycho who wants to like protect the sanctity of dreams. Um, and 
I mean, was it obvious to you guys who was doing it? I actually didn't think it was going to be him, to be honest. Like, I didn't really like, for some reason, I didn't think of it, him being the villain. I didn't expect it either, honestly, just because he was just so against it. But it kind of makes made sense that he yeah. would, you know, use the evil that he perceived was evil to kind of, I guess he was also kind of obsessed with getting his like leg function back. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it also wasn't surprising after Osana, Osani, Osanai um, also kind of turned on them. I was like, oh, that that made sense. You know, honestly, yeah. they wouldn't bring him up if he wasn't going to come in later. Yeah. And like, he's kind of the typical, like, oh, he's handsome hero kind of character. And he's like, why don't you choose me, Atsuko? Like, obviously, you can trust and rely on me, even though I'm not as smart. And then obviously, he then loses because he's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And creepy. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i noticed there was one thing about so we kind of learned we learned that osana and and the, uh, the chairman are working together uh they're both like kind of evil and like the chairman kind of like sucked up his body pretty much uh and was like using him for like vitality and then they capture paprika who's <laughs> so they capture paprika and uh osana's like terrorizing her as she's like uh kind of tied up and he like sticks her his fist like right in her reproductive organs, uh, and then like slices paprika off of that chan. It was p- quite a little bit disturbing, and like it was kind of shocking when it happened. It was very like he was a very creepy dude um, <laughs> for the most part. Like, and he well, I mean, he showed some innocence, like in and almost like some vulnerability after that when he's like trying to stop uh the chairman from fucking things up but i also didn't expect that either like i feel like osana wasn't that big of a character earlier in the movie and he kind of just like came in and was like all right i'm kind of a central villain really mm-hmm. yeah i do think with the whole like sticking his hand into her uterus and like slicing up <laughs> yeah. or whatnot like a lot of anime and kind of with Japanese culture plays a lot with purity because we've talked about it way too many times mm. in, a, in our podcast but like going back to Paprika kind of being maybe Atsuko's like more pure more childish self in mm. a way of like stripping her is of course you know starting at the at the uterus where you lose your purity first and going upwards um to like strip it away was just a really interesting scene but also I think that uh what was interesting was seeing kind of paprika's willingness to fight him still even though she was kind of tangled up and like she wasn't she was only really nervous after turning back into asuko when she kind of lost her defensive shield of this is reality and not reality and also this is kind of like my self-protection of being this character in a dream or even just like her protective self because paprika's just a stronger character than Atsuko is t- typically. And so it was just interesting to watch that scene of him like kind of stripping away all her her power in a yeah. way or like her confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's uh, definitely a good point. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like the lowest point of the movie, like in terms of like rooting for the good guys. Because um, mm-hmm. she was like, she's like their most powerful uh, ally pretty much. Um, so then after that it's kind of like the final showdown uh she kind of like go so so takita's like dead on the ground in this like robot 
Body. Well, you're skipping the fact that scared. the reason why she got out was because Detective Konakawa basically worked through his repression and jumped through oh, his yeah, dream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're yeah. skipping a major yeah, that's plot point. That's a major plot point. Yeah, no, Paprika's bad. just like captured by them still. It's fine. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, I just loved the, I mean, I just really loved him like figuring out the reason he's basically just guilty for kind of what he interprets as abandoning his friend on like this film project and he pursued a life as a cop and his friend passed away and he, he was going to go to film school but i just thought it was just it like i love the moment when he's just like looking back at that hotel scene just like looking at himself but he's not really sure like who it is and then he sees himself being shot like just the layers of that are just so mm -hmm. like every time they were repeated i was like this is so fucking interesting like i don't yeah. know i just mm -hmm. love that yeah, his plot line was definitely the coolest, um, even though like you could say like the more uh, the more action packed plot line was probably like Paprika's, but like his had so many layers is more it was definitely more psychological. Yeah. Uh, and and, and cool. also it was cool to see him again, like once again, replay the initial dream, but like he's in control yeah. of it. So he's cycling yeah. through all the scenes. He's actually the hero in, in those sequences. Um, and I, I was like a little bit like, don't make out with her when she's passed out. But um <laughs> Oh, I was wondering yeah. if that was him doing that or if it was the professor guy because mm. she slaps him. Yeah, oh, right, 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 right. Professor. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense. When she woke, mm. when she woke up, she slapped him. Yeah, and then which was he, disturbing. He shoots yeah. Osana, right? He shoots Osana. He does. Uh, and then he like kind of like falls into the ground weirdly, and then the chairman is like, "Oh shit! Like I need your body to like live and be." super god thing but somehow he still makes it out like he still ends up being like a super god and turns in this huge this yeah. huge ghost like he's like kind of translucent uh but like his body but he has like legs um and he's like sucking up he's what is he like sucking up the city like the the impurities of the city is that what he what he, what he calls him is that what his, his yeah. goal is kind <laughs> like, of yeah it's it's weird because like the him being sucked into the sort of black hole vortex seems to be the first time we see everything getting sucked down like when he's chasing the guy crawling after him and then it's like you've got the parade going on but then you've also got the black hole going on and it seems like they're it's sort of like a, a march into the black hole but then he's like i'm gonna recreate stuff and the, the interesting thing is he refers to dreams as earlier on, he refers to dreams as the only humane sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like he's trying to recreate that sort of sanctuary here, but it's, this is where I, I get kind of lost, but yeah. <clears throat> I'll let you. No, I mean, I was going to say, this is probably where I get kind of like, I'm kind of forgetting the timeline of events, but like, so Takita's like in this, in this robot body, like in the dream, like he's in the dream parade type thing. And then at Chan, like, kind of gets through to him, right? Like, where she he finally recognizes her. And then he kind of, what does he, like, die in the dream? And then she uses him to, like, suck suck the evil chairman guy up? Is that kind of what, is that how, is that the correct interpretation? I don't know if he necessarily died, but, like, they showed, like. Not die, but. The yeah. scene of her unrepressed kind of flashback to him, helping yeah. him get out of the elevator yes. and kind of revealing that she was in love with him. Um, and then, I, like I said, the swallowing thing, I think she kind of used as her or whatever, in some way kind of uses her way to defeat the chairman, like so mm. literally swallowing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he kind of ends up being the hero. But there's a couple lines in here that where she says to him, you're fat, slow and sloppy. 
And he goes, I swallow everything. And she goes, you're so much fun. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was a funny, a funny uh, uh, exchange. The I also thought it was hilarious, like when when people were getting were basically being turned insane by the dreams when they just started like monologuing just gibberish. I thought that was hilarious each time. Uh, the first time when the chief did it, I was like, what the fuck's going on? But exactly. Subsequently, I thought it was like when all the doctors, the research center were just going crazy. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, I guess paprika at Chan and, and, uh, Tokita, like they prevail, they suck up the, uh, the chairman, they win. Uh, and then I guess, yeah, at Suko and, and Tokita get married. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and I think, uh, Kanakawa kind of just like his storyline resolves, like he sees his friend in the reflection of the building i think and his friend's like you know what it's okay you know you're you it's not your fault you didn't betray me etc etc and i think that's how it ends right yeah he reconciles his relationship with the movies at mm-hmm. the end so that's yeah his, yeah so but the, it, the subversion of the yeah i guess like the hero trope was interesting to me yeah really interesting twist on Tokita because like I kind of hated Tokita because like he he was obsessed with the DC mini is like yo like this DC mini is fucking up everything right I was like I gotta make more DC minis um and of course when they're berating him the entire movie too uh but he seemed kind of clueless most of the movie like even though he's a genius he seemed very much like bumbling idiot um throughout the entire movie so it's weird to see child constantly Mm -hmm. yeah and like there's kind of that innocence of like and like, you know, when you're a, a kid too, when you think that something's really powerful, you're like, oh, that's the end all fix all, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if I make more of these things, then I can fix it with this power that I have instead of like, you know, there's other ways that you could go about it mm-hmm. or like you could stop making it, but why would you do that when there's this all powerful thing, artifact that you could have instead? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah I, almost, point. I didn't even see that as a solution for him though. I, I almost thought that it's like literally just his, sort of fixation of I want to create this thing because I can mm-hmm. rather than like I'm going to create this thing to save this problem that I created yeah yeah he seemed very much like obsessed with the with the innovation and, and the invention um like almost solely uh so I think we kind of went through the entire plot I mean a little messily by me but we went through the we got through the plot any final thoughts on the movie uh any comments in general anything is we anything I missed that you wanted to comment on I was curious about what your guys' like uh, ideas were with comparing this to like Inception because I've never seen the film. So like, um, I mean, I thought this was way more complex than Inception. Uh, I mean, Inception gets very like Ariana and I kind of joke about Inception because like Inception people fucking love that movie when it comes out. But when you watch it again now, as opposed to like when you first watch it, you're like, all right, this gets kind of stupid. Like at certain points, like it's a dream within a dream within a dream, and like it's always these small little ideas that are supposed to like change the magnitude of everything. So in terms of like a story. I think this is better than Inception and how they handled it. Uh, I don't know, Ariana, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I would. Well, I just kept writing throughout the whole thing. I was like, Inception, Inception. But I, <laughs> yeah. this was like Inception wishes, frankly. Like, this yeah. is way better. Yeah, it's way, way better. Like, and I would recommend to anyone who likes Inception and like has never watched anime, definitely watch this for sure. Like, mm-hmm. It's yeah. so much in, yeah, with the ability to animate, that makes it so much easier to visually represent the you know like the unconscious and the dream world whereas inception was just like 
it's grounded in the real world. Yeah, like, it's like it's we grounded can move in like buildings. A, yeah, <laughs> like you're you're the Ellen Page or the architect. I said Elliot Page, but at that time Ellen Page. But like you can you can uh, you, you can be architect an architect. Of the dream. Yeah, it's like very like it's it's very much like it has to be very grounded in the real world. Like the the purpose of them going into dreams is to like change a business decision from like this big <laughs> of of Killian Murphy of like this big CEO. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean. Inception, I like it, but it is a little convoluted. This is like convoluted, but like in a good way. Um, yeah. And again, it's hard for like Inception to do something like this. But I, I'm curious. I mean, I would assume that Inception didn't like give any credit to this this novel or this movie, right? I don't know if you guys know anything about that, but I would assume not. From what I read, Christopher Nolan has never commented, but people have brought it up before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's pretty, I mean, it's like it's almost identical it's like hunger games versus the japanese battle royale movie or something mm. like that all over again i think yeah. like there's it's never gonna be you know people are gonna think of the same idea and just have yeah. their own take mm-hmm. on it so it's not i think it's kind of dumb when people are just like oh you must have been inspired by this and made this and this and mm. this and it's like people can come up with their own thing so it's not stealing but i think it's interesting to see different people's takes on it I honestly yeah. came out of this movie not really understanding what I was supposed to understand. Besides, like, the <laughs> detective sequence, I was like, okay, I can understand Konakawa. But, like, yeah. when did Atsuko say that she liked Tone, um, Tokita until, like, the very end? It yeah. was very, it was, like, it was, like, very subtle. And then they're, like, and then at the end, the chief, I think the chief is telling Konakawa, he's like, oh, yeah, um, Atsuko changed her last name to Tokita. And they're like, Wasn't oh. that Paprika that told him? Oh, is it Paprika? You yeah, it was right. Paprika okay, who, sorry, who wrote Paprika. the little note or whatever. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, sorry. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, it was very subtle. Like, oh, yeah, they're in love with each other. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there weren't many cues for me that I picked up that she was in love with him. Um, it was a brief movie, so, like, there's there's really only so much you could probably fit in it. I, I was, although I don't know if I if I thought that was warranted necessarily within, within the logic of the film, I'm happy that it wasn't like she ends up with the hot detective and like, yeah. 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 yeah it was weird. Yeah. It was weird to envision Konakawa with paprika without like keeping in mind at Like it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Like, because like they had like no, they had barely any interaction except for like one scene where they were like sitting in the same room and he like knew he recognized that from somewhere. So I don't know. Yeah. That would have been really weird to see them together. So I'm glad it worked mm-hmm. out another way. I think like, do you, I think it was maybe she was just obsessed with his childish side. Like, cause he, like he, like Tokita is a childish character. Right. Mm-hmm. But then paprika is also childish and maybe that's her way of like coming and getting that childness in the real world yeah she can't really get it as paprika also i don't know if you guys noticed at the beginning i only knew that they were the same character because i was like oh their voices sound the similar between atsuka and paprika i was like these are the same character aren't they (laughs) i didn't look it up until the end but they are (laughs) yeah the voices were definitely similar for sure (laughs) yeah and i think in the intro scene there is like a scene where she she's like driving on the highway and she like I don't know if it was if it was Atsuko, but like she turned into a woman who just like looked just like Atsuko. So mm-hmm. maybe that was like a, a quick uh, cue. Um, but yeah, I mean, really good movie. Any other thoughts? I mean, we we do a rating system on this podcast. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a one through ten, and you can use decimals. So, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'll let you guys start it off. Um, what what would you rate this one out of ten? I will. Sorry, I'll start because there's. I just want to like. Mm-hmm. Before yes. I rate it, 
there's yeah, like yeah. one like the final scene i just want to highlight because i sure. love it so much um the final scene in it, like when he's when, uh, uh, the detective is walking into the uh, movie theater it all the the movies that are displayed is like now showing are all satoshi khan films yeah they are <laughs> um and oh, the movie he's going to see is um so by the way watch perfect blue it's amazing it um, is good. if you like this movie you'll love perfect yeah i'm blue. i'm not ready to go down the rabbit hole here with this so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and so the the movie he's going to see is called dreaming kids and yeah. the final line of the movie is him saying one adult please so mm. i basically just saw that as like sort of this synthesis positive synthesis not like the way that the um sort of director wants to do it but like a positive synthesis of the adult like coalescing with the childish side and mm. like and you can do that in movies you can do that in in love whatever like mm. there are ways that you can do that so i just like yeah that, I yeah that. i didn't even think about that but that's a great that is a mm. great uh insight for sure um yeah okay so rating i would say I had this when I first watched it as in eight because I use my anime list, which is just one through ten, no decimals. Yeah, you can um, do whatever you want. Angelo's you insistent right. upon no, the decimals. No, I, I just <laughs> you can do round numbers. I just say like you're a lot. Like if you if you want to do something, like if you don't want to do a nine or you don't want, like, there's in between if you want to do in between. All right. Um, so first time I watched, I had this at like an eight. I would say now that I've watched it a second time, I have it as like a nine point one wow big jump why why such a big jump do you think um i think the first time i watched it i was just overwhelmed by how little i understood <laughs> yeah. um and then especially because of the climax being particularly confusing i was and that was like what was most fresh in my brain i was like eh, i, I kind of that left left a sour taste in my mouth mm. that made the rest of the movie kind of i forgot a lot of it um watching it through a second time i picked up on more and um, I still didn't love the climax, honestly. I felt like that was actually the weakest part of the movie, personally. But mm. the rest of the movie, I love. And so I think that's what does it for me. Um, I would give it a... I like decimals, too. We'll go 7.85. Ooh. Ooh, a second. Hundreds. The hundredth. Ooh. The hundredth. <laughs> we might have to change up. Yeah, we, we might have to start going more specific. There <laughs> we go. We can add more decimals for fun, yeah. but I don't know. I just, as a, I think you're right. The ending kind of soured the movie a little bit because I think there's a lot going on maybe that I don't fully remember just because so many things were going on. It yeah. seemed really busy, but it's an hour and a half movie to try and shove all this information in. Right. Um, But it also just wasn't like, I don't know how, how much I'd really want to be like, oh yeah, I want to go back and watch Paprika. It just wasn't my personal style of a movie that I like, but it's also a lot, I think that kind of comes with the whole, it's not as anime as I wanted it to be, <laughs> but I mean, that was kind of the point and I'm not surprised. It was also very interesting, but um, but yeah, I think it's a good movie and I think that it'd be a good like starting point for some people, but I also don't think that it's a good like representation of what an anime movie would be at the same time. Gotcha, okay. Ariana? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm giving this an 8.7. Um, wow. I really love this movie. I would definitely watch it again and soon. 
it just had everything I like. Like I'm a big fan of just any sort of blend, like blurring of reality and just like dreams or Angelo knows I like more convoluted movies. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I loved that. It just had elements of a thriller. It had elements of like this kind of experimental film. It also had like some superhero stuff in it. Like just even the chairman kind of was giving me X-Men, like Apocalypse. I always reference that stupid movie. movie. But um, like it just had everything that I liked and I just loved the, yeah, I just was really infatuated with the the repetition of like the detective's Mm -hmm. dream sequences. And I just... I don't know. It just was really, it also kind of reminded me um, like of a Murakami novel a little bit. Like it just had very much like that similar style and it's just, hmm. I was really enamored with it. So. Okay. Um, I, I have the lowest rating is probably because I'm like the, le- I don't love abstract. I mean, I don't not like abstract movies, but I don't love them. Um, I gave it a seven, but I think upon talking about it, like I'd probably raise it up to like a seven, six. 7.6. Uh, I mean, it was very interesting. I think, I think he, like they could have added like t- 10 to 15 minutes to the movie and like things could get fleshed out and the ending could be a little bit more spaced out. So it doesn't feel like it's just like cramming it in your face. So I think like if it was just a little bit longer, cause everything just moves so quickly uh, that it would have been more uh, enjoyable. But like I said, great, awesome plot. Uh, good characters like the cool the the konakawa side um plot was in in like his story was really just added another layer to the movie that made it just way more interesting i think if it just like followed um the you know like the the plot the dream plot uh, i would have been like less interested but his like him getting intermingled into it was was really interesting but yeah um i mean still enjoyable like i would recommend it uh, I'm not an anime person. I don't not like it, but I just don't watch it. So, uh, I mean, if you don't watch it, I think you'll like this movie. If you like Inception, I think you'll like this movie. Um, for our listeners who might not be watching anime, uh, I would recommend it. It's a short watch too. Like if you're like, I don't know if I want to commit to it. It's like an hour. It's probably less than it's like an hour, 25 minutes. Like you'll fly 30. through it. Yeah. So you'll fly through it. So you might as well at least, you know, um, watch it. I think it's easy. It's probably easier to watch when you're not taking notes too. Um, yeah. So like, cause like, especially with something that's in a foreign language, you kind of have to be like looking, um, you know, to make sure you know what's going on. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend it. Um, so that'll conclude the review. Thank you both for for coming on. We're so happy to have you, and it's nice to get out of the uh, the comfort zone um, mm-hmm. of like just a normal like our normal tastes and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, appreciate you guys coming on. Definitely want to do this again with another. Maybe we'll go more into like the anime. I guess this is, this is not like you know like 100 anime. Maybe we'll do that next time. Um, and you know something maybe a little bit more into the genre. Well, I'm sure we'd be down for that. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely uh, have some other movies that are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, okay. You're the you're the experts. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll, we'll defer to you. But I like trust you so much more now that, that you've given this first recommendation. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. thanks for having uh, us on. Yeah, yes, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, we'll put uh, applied anime's links and stuff all in the description. So if you want to find them, listen to their uh, pod. I believe you guys are on all the streaming platforms or most of the most popular ones. Pretty much. Yeah, we're on we're on Anchor, which links yeah, to everywhere too. Us you know. too. yeah okay so yeah we just say everything which is mostly just like spotify overcast you know apple podcast Anchor, so apple. find them there um and again thanks for coming on
All right, that'll conclude uh, this episode. Uh, next week, I don't know. Promising young woman. Week. Oh yeah, promising young woman. That's getting good reviews. Carrie Mulligan. Um, but yeah, that'll conclude the episode. Thanks, Applied Anime, for the collab. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, remember to rate uh, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on your favorite listening platforms. Again, we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have a TikTok, we've got a Facebook. I think that's it. Um, so follow us on whatever. Uh, we have an email that's posted somewhere. So if you want to like send us review suggestions or topic suggestions or whatever, you can use that. I mean, you can also DM us on Instagram. Uh, but we will see you uh, next Monday. Bye.